Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello. How's it going? Uh, man, I played a puzzle game that hurts my brain, so I, I don't know. Oh, really? Well, I played a game that hurts my brain, too. Okay, good. So we're in <laughs> we good a company. Lot of, a lot of brain hurting this week, I think. <laughs> Mostly it was just like... I, I saw this game that had been recommended to me and I was like, oh, that's a very interesting concept. And then I got in there and realized it was like way over my head and like I was just way out of my depth in terms of like what I was prepared to do at that point in the day. And I was like, wow, I don't have the brain power <laughs> for this right now. I'm going to go turn on the office for the 18th time. <laughs> Like, that's yeah, yeah. the level of brain function I had at the time. <laughs> yeah, you just, you have to be in a specific uh, mindset for certain games. And when you're not you prepared. You definitely do. You definitely do. <laughs> yeah, I feel ya. I feel ya. Um, it, what game was that? Is that the game, is that your democracy game where you're, where you're creating democracy for the fourth time? Yeah, so uh, basically I checked out Democracy 4 and uh, I'm going to, okay, so this game caught my attention. It was um, one of the games that was recommended. I think it was like in the trending list or something because um, I do this pretty often for Gamers In as I kind of go to Steam and I go through like my queue of games and see what they're offering and I see what's popular and what's selling quick or whatever and what's trending to see if there's anything that you guys might be interested in that I can try out for you. And this one caught my eye and I know that, that like this is either the best time for it or the worst time for it, depending on how over politics you are. But this is basically like politics simulator. It's kind of like um, if you took like the civics part of civilizations where like you decide what your government policies are, except for instead of it being like a small portion of the strategy game or the simulation. It's like, th this just is what the game is. And it gets really, really granular, like down to like just the, the home screen is a little bit overwhelming when you first get into it. But there's like basically any part of government that you can think of is like represented in this game. It is like you can choose um, like real world countries that are kind of like almost like template um, democracies that you can um, kind of start and use to manipulate. And the idea is basically like you enter into the game as the ruling president, prime minister, whatever. Obviously, I chose Canada because Canada is an option. So that was the first thing that I did. Um and you basically take this template that's based on real world data and you have like there's all these different like voting groups and there's all these different policies that you can make that then influence like situations that you're going to have to deal with. Like it's super granular, but it's built on top of this really cool tech that uses a neural net to simulate thousands of voters and their like opinions and biases and everything else, again, influenced by like real world data, which to me is just like this is the kind of game that isn't necessarily just a game for game's sake. It's very much like, um, well, like a simulation. 
Uh, and I, I really liked it. But like I said, I wasn't in, the, uh, I tried it a couple times and I wasn't in the right headspace. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to actually sit down when I have like fresh brain and, you know, actually give this a try. It's not necessarily, it's not like, uh, I wouldn't say it was for entertainment so much. It, it's interesting and entertaining, but not in like, uh, I'm going to go play Fall Guys. <laughs> like, you know, a different vibe. <laughs> <laughs> but super, super interesting. And you can basically go in there and you have, it's it's turn-based. So you kind of like, you go in, you make all your policy changes and that's your turn. And then it's uh, like three months go by and then you get another turn. And you get what's called political capital and you use those points to kind of like spend and change your policies. So like some policy changes are going to be more expensive than others, especially if they're like a huge swing in terms of like where you like where you were. So if say like we have universal health care right now and I want to change us to fully private health care, then that's going to take a whole hell of a lot of, of points to do that. Right. Um, and so it's probably not going to be available to me at the beginning of my term. Uh, and then so you uh, you play through a certain number of like quarters and then there's an election. And when the election comes, you're trying to get a like you're trying to win the vote. And if you don't win the vote, then that's game over. Uh, and if you do, then you just get to keep going. So um, it's like it's a, it's a really it's a very in-depth game like there's a lot here and i don't want to say like yay or nay on it like so far i'm feeling pretty yay but again like it's kind of like civilization in that way where it's like i play civ i like civ the base game's really cool but i have not like played every single civilization and won the game on every single difficulty sort of thing this gives me the same vibes it's like there's so many countries so many political parties because you get to choose your political party and they all kind of come with different um, like uh, different bases, different pros and cons. Like there's Ryan, this game, there's so much in this game. You can do publicity stunts <laughs> like they're just yeah, like they're, it's it's all this like giant balancing act. And the other really, really cool thing is that all of this stuff is available to you in text files. So if you think that their like equation for like the relationship between like a gas tax and pollution, if you think that that's not right and it's not simulating correctly, you can go into the text files that come with the game and just change that equation and like tweak the numbers. Like this is the like ultimate just simulator. <laughs> it's crazy the amount of stuff you can do in this game. And uh, yeah, like I'm very impressed with it so far i feel like it's the kind of thing i'm gonna poke around in when i get the itch to play civ like it's just it's that kind of a game it's like strategic simulations like i'm not a big simulation game normally and i say that as somebody who obviously played a whole lot of like sims and sim city and stuff but um, it is very much in that vein of like simulation and strategy. And uh, I just, I find it so interesting. I mm. And I don't know how Steam like knew to show this to me because it literally says like, this isn't like anything else you've played. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, yeah, but I'm, I'm down. It's, it's 
surprisingly fun because I guess the other piece of this that I should mention, because I said, you know, like depending on how over politics you are at this point in time. Um, the other thing that I really liked is that there's no, um, or at least there's as little as possible, like inherent uh, political bias or judgment. It's basically like you can come into our political, like political, bleh, political playground and make whatever changes you want. And we're not going to sit there and be like, hey, that's not how you run a country or like that's a super bad decision. It's like there's no um, there's no biases, really. It's just mm -hmm. it's all numbers. Right. So it's like, again, using a neural net to simulate how thousands of people might potentially vote based on things that you do. And each individual like voting group has a whole lot of like they have like issues care about they have like um different relationships with different policies and stuff and like it's super complex it, it because again it's trying to get as close to like what running a country in the real world would be like and they have these like scenarios and situations that pop up like um so far it's been every time you get like a um a report from like a turn so you'll you'll do a turn you'll make all your changes then you get a report that pops up and says hey here's everything that happened um like as a result of your policy changes and in there there's usually a situation to deal with so like i just got one that's like hey you're the government of canada uh, there's a scandal with a senior royal about how they're like uh friends with this uh like or known associates of someone that's like been charged with XYZ crime. Like, do you denounce the monarchy or do you support the monarchy? And like, here's the pros and cons, but it doesn't give you the numbers. And then you just have to choose what you would do as the leader of Canada. Would you, you know, support the monarch or denounce the monarch? And then you make your choice. And then it's like your numbers went up or down or like your popularity goes up or down based on the, the choice that you make. And again, that's based on, like who your base is, what they, what's important to them. Um, like it just, again, it's very, it's a very complicated and based on real world, like problems, sort of a, of a simulation. So I like, if this sounds like it might be your thing, <laughs> then I would give it a shot guys. Like it's not the kind of game that I would normally spend a lot of time in, but it's really cool and it's built on some cool tech and it's got the ability to edit it from the back end. Apparently there's like also a just whole crap ton of mods. Like it has full steam workshop support and you can just like, you can go in and find like other people's tweaks. Apparently there's some like must have mods and stuff like there's this whole like underground community simulating democracy and i had no idea ryan i had no idea <laughs> it doesn't surprise me uh you know i'm i'm looking just, it's fascinating it's fascinating to me <laughs> it, it is i i'm just looking through it it's uh it, it looks it looks like a bit too much for me it looks like what they've done is and i know why they've recommended this to you is you've got all the civilization games and basically what this is is they've taken the political stuff out of the political systems out of civ ratchet it ratchet it up to like 
1200 and i was uh, gonna say yeah not even 11 like no. they went way past 11 <laughs> they broke the dial because they went too yeah. far right and and uh i i can see this is one of those moments where you're looking at a game and you're like okay they've designed something here to a to a specific degree that is going to satisfy um some political junkies that love to look at the stats and love to play through those stats uh, but in a in a gamification way where, you know, I don't think anyone's using this to, um, you know, to predict how they're going to do in an actual running of a country. However, no. <laughs> I, I know I've seen demo- the democracy, you know, series pop up similar to how the NHL series will pop up. I'm like, oh, let's let's predict the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and I believe they've run, you know, simulations through when the back in the election for Gosh, I mean, it feels like forever ago, but the 2020 election in the States, I think they ran it through Democracy 3 or 4, and it was like a feature on... on maybe I'm misremembering it, but I think Eurogamer did it. Well, I'm I'm fairly certain that uh, Democracy 4, this actually came out in late October last year. I think it was mm. like October 20th or 22nd or something like that. So it would have come out in the weeks leading into that election. So it's very likely that that someone used it to uh, to do simulations and such but um yeah like again this this isn't so much uh like democrats will like this or republicans will like this or liberals will or conservatives will or whatever it's like it's as it's as non-biased a simulation as it can be knowing that it's still a simulation written by people right so there's going to be some inherent bias as there is in everything Mm -hmm. but um yeah there's no like judgments or or like you chose wrong boo republicans (laughs) or boo democrats you damn socialists like there's none of that it just like oh okay well you made this choice it was popular with this group of people and not popular with this other group of people and the other group of people's bigger so you lost (laughs) like yeah so uh it's it's very very interesting though and i as like i haven't played through any of the of the previous games but this one did seem very like UI wise. It was designed very well. And I think Democracy 4 technically, I think, is still in early access, but um, it's it's a very like bubbly, you can tell they've done this a couple of times type of a UI, like very user friendly and and visually appealing, versus I think some of the earlier iterations were not so. Uh, this is basically like a UI kind of upgrade on top of their tech so uh so yeah like i said it's if this sounds even remotely interesting to you i think it's it's probably more interesting than entertaining but um i think it's worth a look if it sounds even remotely interesting because what they do they're doing well i'll put it that way (laughs) and uh it's on sale right now i think it's 30 percent off also if you go into the workshop there is a mod called force feed veggies so you can (laughs) pretty much do anything obesity yeah no literally eating veggies yeah (laughs) help people change their unhealthy eating styles by force force is all capitalized (laughs) if you couldn't tell reduce obesity increase health but make the youth hate you because no one likes being force-fed broccoli i mean (laughs) see there's a full workshop community (laughs) that's a slippery slope force feeding veggies uh no this is a great little uh great little simulation a political simulation I thought it was a li- just a little bit off of our normal beaten path. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've ever outside of civilization. And, you know, I think there was an expansion 
for five that did like that brought literally brought in the political system mm-hmm. with the political favor and, and with stuff the like civics that. yeah 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 so uh yeah no i i think this is uh it's not up my like it's not really something i would probably be looking at yeah i was not gonna call you ahead of time and be like dude you have to check this out because i was like no ryan i'll hate this no (laughs) i uh i I mean i have an interest i like simulations um i like civ i think one of my favorite simulations i ever played uh and they never did anything with it was afterwards i've I've, they've never come out with sequels they've never sort of added to it but it was um it was game dev workshop or game dev simulator or something and it was a Mm. there was a pc game and there was one on mobile and it was a port sort of was a localization of a japanese game and i think i think japan got a couple of sequels but they never never brought it here and i can't remember what it's called but it was like it was so fun you know you you had to like design your game and then have it sell well and if it didn't sell well your company would go bankrupt um <laughs> so it was very similar to what a lot of companies go through sometimes you get bought by ea so uh no like i i like these type of simulators but i find like they eat up so much time and really it's just it, it, it can be tough this is definitely a time sink like you could spend so much. There are so many uh, like there's so many policies. And then within each policy, there's like a little slider thing of like how much or how little you want to change something. And uh, yeah, it's just it is very, um, very complicated. And you could spend like you could take two or three hours to take a turn just mm. like looking at all of the stuff and looking at all the policies and the levels they're at and how much capital you'd have to spend in order to be able to change something. And, you know, like you could spend hours a turn in there easily, easily. So yeah, it's, um, definitely intense, but I think really interesting. So again, if you guys are interested, it's called democracy Four. like Ryan said, it is on sale right now. Um, and has full, uh, steam workshop support. So go and check it out but ryan what have you been up to this week right so i have continued my adventures with my playstation 5 as i continue to sort of get everything sort of situated and working uh out all the downloading and, and uploading and all that fun stuff so i've gotten all that sorted out i've uh i've i've noticed there's a, a bit of a weird thing like it happened a couple times uh where i bought so i bought valhalla um, I haven't played much of it. I just literally got it working today. Okay. I'm like, I'm so interested in this because you bought Valhalla for PlayStation 5, but you've already played it on mm-hmm. PC, right? Yeah. So I played, so I subbed for a month of Ubisoft Plus on PC. And knowing that I would probably pick up uh, both uh, Valhalla and Immortals at some point down the road on console because they support cross progression. Um, I can say this, you know, I want to get some more time with Valhalla because I'm still sort of, I haven't played on a bunch of settings. There's some like weird HDR stuff that I had to fiddle with. I guess Ubisoft games don't implement it very well. So you have to like tinker. Whereas everything else I've had no problems with HDR. It's just been base settings. It's been fine. Um, but yeah, I, I booted up Valhalla. I hit continue and it, it literally picked up my save from the PC where I left it. And oh, awesome. uh, I was really happy that that worked because... I didn't really feel like spending another $20 just to transfer my save. Uh, (laughs) So um, although I had done my research and made sure it was uploaded before my uh, sub lapsed. But uh, yeah, that works quite well. But 
Um, I had this issue with Miles Morales uh, as well as with Valhalla where when I tried to download it from the store, it would actually queue up both the PlayStation 5 and PS4 version downloads, and it would download both. So um, That's weird. It, it is weird. And I mean, for Miles Morales, it kind of worked out in my favor because I, I had to boot up the PS4 game to transfer the save, even though... It was all in the same system. So in in that instance, it kind of worked out. Although for people without for people without unlimited internet, it's like it seems silly to download a forty gigabyte game just to transport a, <laughs> a, a five hundred kilobit you know uh, save file. Um, but in the case of Assassin's Creed, it was just like didn't really give me the option from the store. I just said I had bought it and it just downloaded everything, which included both versions. So I think from the perspective of what Microsoft's doing with smart delivery, which just kind of, it handles that for you. Like it knows you're on a series X, so you don't really need the Xbox one version. Whereas in the PlayStation, they're treating them as separate products, even though the system can run both. So it's just, I mean, the Microsoft implementation, if working, I assume it is, I haven't really seen a lot of like smart delivery issues, but the way they've sort of implemented that cross generation leap where for for Valhalla, you have a Xbox save, and that is compatible with with both the Xbox One and Series X version of that game. Um, you know, the saves work just fine. It's just a matter of, like it downloaded both versions. It was weird, but I just I deleted the PS4 version. Um, although with Miles Morales, I accidentally deleted the PS5 version, so I had to re-download it oh all. Oh my god, Ryan! <laughs> I know, I know, and it, and that's that the is, other thing. I, that's such a Ryan thing to do. <laughs> sure it is, yeah. But here's the thing: the UI from on the PlayStation Five, like it feels very uh, from from the perspective of switching between the PS4 and PS5 versions, it feels very uh, beta-ish in that you know, really? oh yeah, it's just. Um, it's one of those things where it just doesn't feel, you know, properly marked where it's like, Oh, we'll fix this later. Just add like a little PS4 mark next to the title of the game. If the person is looking at the PS4 version, but in order to switch versions, you have to go into the more menu of that game and then click on the PS5 sort of listing in the dropdown menu. So it's very, it's not very intuitive. You know, it really should just list it as separate tiles. Uh, because I don't think you're going to keep the PS4 version around if you've got the PS5 version. You know, like, I immediately deleted the Miles Morales version as soon as I had everything working in in the PlayStation 5 version. Um, it just seems like if you're trying to save space, it, it, yeah, it saves space, but it creates a bit of confusion. Um, although the games are nice enough to tell you, like, hey, if you want, you know, these performance boosts, we can tell you're playing on a PS5. I think I mentioned that last week, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just growing pains as you kind of learn, you know, the tricks of the new menu, and because they've completely changed everything, you kind of have to to get back up. But uh, I I did uh, I'm I'm kind of playing around with Miles Morales. I got New Game Plus going. I've settled into uh, the performance ray tracing mode, and yes, after a lot of people had noted in Discord, I do now see the rays. I see them. And I see the way they're tracing. So it's basically reflections, which is fine. Um, I think it all looks great. As you're like crawling up the windows of offices, you see, you know, a very realistic reflection of of the world around you, including, you know, Miles Morales. So it's very cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's very, um, 
you know, it's one of those things that you appreciate in the moment, but probably at least for, for me, like as you're swinging around, like maybe you, I don't notice it in the moment, but if I were to pay more attention to it, I would notice it. Or if you were to put them side by side, you're like, oh yes, like it doesn't look You'd probably as... see it in the side by side. Yeah, exactly. Like the realism of natural reflections using ray tracing. Like I can, so I can totally understand where having it is better than, than not. And I think Miles Morales, uh, really offers that sort of sweet spot of, um, you know, they, you're not giving up a lot of the fidelity of the graphics by going with the performance ray tracing mode. You're just, uh, I think they say like they do more resolution scaling and less pedestrians. And really like if you're on, on the street as Spider-Man, I don't know if you're doing it right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, why are you even down there? What's going on? And <laughs> just take selfies. Better with be people. stopping it. Yeah. You better be stopping a crime or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you so, should be in the air. You should be free. <laughs> yeah. You should be swinging around. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, getting used to that. I, I had, uh, I platinumed Astro's Playroom, which is, which was a really fun experience. I, I continue to, to really, uh, dig that, uh, that sort of pack in, but, um, for the most part, I've kind of moved into, you know, other games. Like I think, uh, you know, PlayStation Plus has always offered, I think, a, a, a superior sort of free games program to games with gold. I, I think PlayStation's, you know, Xbox has Game Pass. That is the, the, the I value. I was going to say, I don't think games with gold is even a thing anymore, is it? It is, but it's not, you know, they're very rarely have like big you know, uh, franchise games. I think more recently they had uh, Gears 5, which was a pretty big addition for games with gold because that's a pretty big title and it just saw, uh, I think, an expansion uh, to uh, to the main game. So, you know, it, it there are games that get offered there, but I think PlayStation Plus always tries to offer like one big game each month. And I think really Sony's been kind of nailing it on the playstation 5 front where they are offering consistently like a new game for people to experience um so they i think in february they had control which was uh their ultimate edition um which was free which brand new and they they were offering it for free a lot of people who had pre-ordered it were a little frustrated because they they weren't able to actually i don't know if people could refund their pre-orders even though the game wasn't out yet because when you pre-order it you got the ps4 ultimate edition without the sort of the ps5 edition additions to it okay so it was a really weird scenario where people had pre-ordered it were playing it but they uh weren't able to take advantage of the playstation 5 enhancements until i think it had launched but uh i was uh in march they added um they added marquette which is this sort of puzzle game it's a puzzle game and it's very much uh, reminds me of like the portal side of puzzle games where it's like they drop you in this world and you have to kind of figure out and tinker with uh, with what they offer you to try to solve the puzzles. And it's not really it's not portals per se, but you're like you're in this world and it's very cartoony and um, it's uh, and you're, you're kind of walking through it. It kind of feels like a toy land the way they've kind of set it up. It's very like you're surrounded by like doll houses and, and just uh, sort of like a toy sort of setup. And um, basically what you're doing is you come to this, you ultimately, as you're progressing through this story, as uh, it's a story of these two partners and how they met and how they fell in love. And uh, that that stuff aside, like you get to the puzzle stuff 
and you're in this room. <laughs> yeah, get that yucky romance stuff. Well, like, ew, love, why? Here's, here's the thing I'll say um, about the story stuff. Because as I was playing, I was like, ugh, they might be laying this on a bit thick for the pandemic. And then I know, like, finding love in the pandemic is not impossible. However, there's a lot of, like, going to parties and meeting people randomly in coffee houses. <laughs> and I'm like, this isn't realistic. We don't get to- anymore i know it's a little this bit of a bummer realistic it's a it's a bit of a bummer and you know uh but but it's like very like mushy it's very i hate to say sappy but it's a little sappy and i, I i'm playing through it and it's um it's it's uh real life partners uh bryce uh no Dal- bryce dallas howard i think her name is she is uh, in Jurassic That's World. Ron Howard's daughter, isn't it? Yeah, she's awesome. And she's great in Jurassic World. She's one of the best parts of those movies. Uh, and, you know, the second one's really bad, but she's still great in them. And her real-life partner uh, plays uh, the the guy in the relationship. I, I don't know his name. I know her name because she's famous. The other guy, I'm not really sure who it is, but uh, he also... <laughs> rip other guy i mean i don't know what his name is it's it's her real life partner and i I just don't i don't think he's an actor so i the name doesn't stick with me as as much as bryce dallas howard does but um (laughs) i could look it up but uh no it's it's funnier this way i know i think his name's colin i can't for some reason colin (laughs) jumped into my head (laughs) for some reason i don't know why colin's i'm gonna look it up because now i'm now i feel terrible um and and whenever i i google marquette like nothing the game does not pop up it's uh it's like a bunch of hotels it's a city in michigan did you know that um i did not (laughs) yeah well now you know now i search marquette game and now the golden eagles pops up i guess it's a basketball team so this is not helpful whatsoever Uh, maybe i'll try adding playstation and see what comes up let's do that and this is going really well amazing radio i I, love that we're going on this journey i know i know and you know now it's like bottom of the barrel in terms of you know not even playstation cares so we're just gonna end it there (laughs) it's colin if anyone asks it's colin uh he is the other guy you know you probably could have just like googled bryce dallas howard and it would have had her whole page that would show like (laughs) partner Seth Gable, whatever. So I wasn't even close. So close to Colin. So close. For some reason, I thought it was a Colin, and uh, it is not. And he is an actor, so I apologize. Uh... (laughs) God, this is. Oh man, you're like eviscerating this guy, and you don't even mean to. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard and Seth Gable leave voices to Marquette, and they are playing. uh, They are playing a couple in this game. And here's where the other issue is in that uh, when it comes to the story, like, again, it's very, um, it is this, it's this new love. They're, they're in the honeymoon phase in the first two chapters of the game. And then the third chapter just dives off a nose cliff. And this is kind of a bit of a spoiler, but like the third chapter, like really focuses in on them having their first big fight. And it just goes, it just goes off the rails in terms of like, oof, it's got really depressing really quick. Like they are, they are struggling to stay as a couple and it's just it's represented really well in the game in terms of how the puzzles change and the environments change but it is uh like i was playing the game and and ashley had walked in and it was at the end of that chapter and they're just fighting and they are having a fight like these this (laughs) these two characters and there's no like real world or 
animated people in the game like it's all told through these sketches so the idea is they met in a coffee shop and they they kind of uh he had a sketchbook and she had sketched in the book as she was waiting for her coffee and that's how they met and so everything's kind of told like the story exposition is told through these sketches so when you come to an area where story is being shared there's like this sketch going up uh on the wall as the story is being told so there's this huge fight going on and Ashley's just like, what are you playing? Because these two characters are just, they are tearing into it. Like, it's a big fight. And I'm like, I don't know. But I'm like, I'm not sure what to keep playing. Because it's really, like, it's just really, it's it's a roller coaster of emotions, man. I was going to say, it sounds very extreme in at both ends, yes. right? Like, very extreme into the ooshy-gooshy yep. first, relation, first parts of a relationship part. And all lovey-dovey, everything's great. And then also very extreme in the this is what happens when love goes wrong yeah and that's the thing i feel like they missed a chapter from a story perspective where i feel like the way these two characters had fallen in love and were in love that they wouldn't just suddenly like oh but then they started like literally the dialogue is we started to notice each other's quirks and those quirks became bigger quirks and i'm like oh okay (laughs) This is weird writing. And and then they just have these god off and then the dialogue changes so much too. Like they're like these two functioning, you know, uh partners, and then the next chapter is like, Hey, I'm home. I brought beer. Cool, okay, dinner's in the fridge. And it's just like, Woof, what's going on here? Like it's like, Oh, I went out with friends. Like, oh, you didn't text me and tell me you went with friends? It's like, no, I just I don't know. And it's it's like, oh man, this is But anyway, the puzzle side of it is really interesting. <laughs> The story stuff can is inter- is is okay, but it just feels a, like a bit of a up and a down, and it's just I don't know. It's really kept me from from going back and finishing it. But the the puzzle stuff is really interesting in that you come all the puzzle areas are based around this concept of there being like this under the dome section, which is a miniature version of uh, the puzzle areas outside of that dome. So there's kind of like a courtyard area. And in the middle of the courtyard is a smaller version of the entire area. So when you have these, and the whole basis around it is to have these items that you're manipulating and you can make bigger or smaller depending on where you leave them in the environment. Um, So for example, the first puzzle area has you finding this bridge and it's a little toy bridge. But if you take that little toy bridge and put it in the uh, under the dome area, which is the miniature miniaturization of the entire environment, and you drop that bridge down, you're going to hear this huge, like, you know, dropping of this bridge happening in the real world. So to to cross a gap, right? And that's basically like the core idea uh, around everything in that like you're manipulating objects by making them smaller and bigger by depending on where you place them in the environment. So by placing a smaller bridge in this sort of smaller under the dome area, you can now go to the larger environment and there's now a bridge there and you can cross it. And yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's similar to portal. They're not like telling you that you have to do this. They're just kind of giving you the tools and then you are in their playground and you have to kind of figure it out. And that led to a lot of like head scratching moments, but also a lot of like, Oh, I figured this out and I, feel really good about that even though uh these characters are you know not they're not having a good time um 
or they are having a really good time and i dropped a bridge and i'm like i don't i don't think it equates but um it's it's really interesting from that aspect but it does get very complex you know the next chapter involves like these gems that you have to get that you're using to take or travel through these colored force fields so you have a blue gem to go through the blue force field a green so on and so forth and you have to interact with those and it involved a lot of like okay I'm going to make this gem small so that I can feed it through a window of this house so that I have the red gem inside the house and then I have to use the green gem to get inside the house to then use the red gem to progress even further. And there's a lot of those like weird moments where you're having to figure out like where you have to interact with the objects in the in the larger environment and where you have to interact with the objects in the smaller sort of miniaturized environment. And as you progress even further, it, it extrapolates even further where now there's like an even larger environment outside of the normal quote unquote environment. So it gets pretty uh, complex as you move forward in the game and where it gets really complex is the same chapter where they, you know, they're having their fights and it's just like, man, this is a real downer. And also it's kind of complex, <laughs> like hurting my brain here, trying to figure out how big I need these stairs to be to get into this house. <laughs> so, um, it's it, probably yeah. like a, a metaphor for their emotional state or something. <laughs> yeah, I know when I'm upset, I just picture very large stairs that I can't climb. So it kind of fits, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. And I mean, it is free with PlayStation Plus. So if you have PlayStation Plus, you can in a PS5, you can get this for free. It's actually a cross generation game. So but it's similar to Bug Snacks where they've kind of like split it. You have to buy it separately. Or if you bought it on PS4, you get the PS5 version, but not vice versa. So you can play this on PS4 and PC, but it's free with PlayStation Plus. So if you have a PS5 and PlayStation Plus, you get it for free. But um, you have to pay for it if you are playing on PlayStation 4. Um, but the cool thing about having PlayStation Plus and this being a puzzle game, it was my first sort of interactions with the hint system. So they have this built into the PlayStation 5 where you hit the home button and there's these like cards that populate along the bottom of the screen and you can actually, it shows you your progress in the game. And when you, when you tap X on that, it'll actually give you hints and step-by-step -step instructions with videos on how to progress further. So if you are like me and you're like, I don't know how to progress any further with this stair staircase problem, you can actually click on the hints and then watch like a video tutorial right from your PlayStation 5 to kind of give you a hint to move on to the next segment. Is it videos created like by Sony, by the developers, or is it like searching YouTube and just being like, hey, this person posted a walkthrough. Hopefully this helps. <laughs> like how curated is it? It's uh, it's made by the developers. So they it has to be supported by the devs if uh, to use the hint system, which I think is really cool because, you know, I know devs got to know that either people are going to stop playing your game or they're going to Google for guides, right? Which is normally yeah. what I would, I would do. Like if I'm invested in the game, I'm going to Google a guide and then try my best not to be spoiled by scrolling on too much, too much further. So in this instance, the developers are able to set up this curated system where you are getting a hint to solve this specific puzzle, but then you, and, but you're not being, you know, teased or spoiled for anything further. You're just getting a specific solution to be able to move forward i really appreciate that because 
you know, looking at guides for puzzles, sometimes, you know, you just scroll a little bit past that solution and all of a sudden you know what the next section is and how to solve it because you, you know, you were skimming a little too far, right? So in this instance, you're getting exactly what you need, the tools to, to you know, get to the big old uh, fight at the end of the chapter. And uh, that's pretty much where I stopped playing because uh, it was... I was going to say, so was that, that's not the end though. There's more after. I know. Yeah, there's more after. I would imagine they either, you know, split up amicably or they get back together in this big old... Uh... Or maybe it turns into a murder mystery. Oh gosh, that's dark. <laughs> I hope not. I, I, I don't know. Like the way it turns so quickly... And the fact that you're playing through this, this, you know, game is like this disembodied sort of, you know, I don't know, floating person, like you're not a person, you're just sort of floating through the environment and you're picking things up. It's very out of body experience. And but it's kind of being told from the perspective of uh, what's his face, Colin. So like, I think, no, Seth. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Seth. Uh, anyways, I, I, I feel like it's being told from that character's perspective. Because you're getting a lot of, or a lot of like, it's, yeah, it feels like it's being told from his perspective, but I have no, I have no idea. It, it's very hard to tell, but it, uh, it could be like fly on the wall more like that. Mm. But um, either way, it's, uh, it's interesting. And again, like, you know, being free with PlayStation Plus, it's kind of a no brainer to check this thing out. I, I think that Sony's doing a great job of kind of giving people something to do with their new console once a month. I think that the, the April game is going to be uh, a brand new title. I think it's Oddworld Soulstorm or something. So that's actually like a brand new uh, game, similar to Marquette, I guess. It is a cross-generation game too. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. Although, like I said, the story roller coaster is is kind of been keeping me from going back to it because it's a little it was a little much. Like that, it was like a lot. Uh, and again, during yeah. during these times, it's like. Well, you have to exactly. You kind of have to be in the right space for that. And if you're looking to your gaming content to be a little bit of an escape, then you're probably not looking for a super intense fight between two yeah. partners, you know, like and also probably not looking to simulate democracy and how quickly you can ruin it. <laughs> uh, you know, we're tackling some pretty heavy, heavy topics in, in our games on Gamers In this week. But uh, yeah, I think um, that doesn't necessarily diminish the experience. You just have to be in the right headspace. And, you know, sometimes you aren't and that's OK. So. Yeah, uh, I I literally have no segue, so we're just gonna we're just gonna do it. Uh, if you guys like our show, which like, <laughs> well, I'm giving you fantastic segues like that. Uh, if you guys enjoy the Gamers Inn and the content that we produce, head on over to Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn, where we are currently looking for our next featured patron. So if you would like that to be you, head on over again to Patreon.com/slash/TheGamersIn. That brings us to the news, and uh, so. We've officially, kind of, not officially, officially, because it doesn't come like from Nintendo, but um, new Nintendo Switch <laughs> with a seven inch OLED screen coming this year. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Ryan, are you buying a new Switch? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, a lot of people. So here's the thing. Um, this this is based on supply chains and. You know, Nintendo's pretty famous for, you know, finding overstock technology and then building like a, you know, an expansion of their of their tech from that. So like this is not 
a 1080p screen they're keeping the uh, 720 sort of um you know screen resolution for uh for the switch so with this supposed like new switch switch pro 720p oled panel the oled's new like lcd is what we currently have so oled would be would be newer but it's also larger the current one's only 6.2 inches this seven inch upgrade like yeah it's a bit of a boost but i mean for for me not playing the switch in handheld mode it really comes down to um, are the are the innards going to be boosted in a way that is going to have mm-hmm. significant gameplay uh, impact? And they are saying that when docked, this thing will be able to handle 4K graphics uh, when hooked up to a proper you know 4K set. So that's interesting. Uh, but again, like Nintendo's really not used their new hardware. Whenever they come out with like a new 3DS, there's a couple of exclusive games. Um, yeah, and but not really. Like honestly. When I think about Nintendo titles, I don't necessarily think of them in terms of like, oh, I really have to see this in 4K, you know, like because that would be right. I also don't. Actually, it was funny because Garrett and I talked about this on TAC briefly at the end of the show. We were talking about all the other things. And uh, one of the questions we got in an email was like, hey, do you want to see Hearthstone come to the Switch? And Garrett was like. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to play on mobile. And I mean, I don't know anyone who plays their Switch docked. And I was like, I only play my Switch docked. Who plays their Switch exclusively on the go? Where are you going? <laughs> like, <laughs> the couch, man. Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, so but being that you and I apparently are the only two people on the Internet who do play their Switch exclusively docked, uh, the size of the screen doesn't really um, impact my need for a new system it would definitely be like the the guts of the system will it perform better but again like you say nintendo's not really a big um they don't necessarily create games and experiences that really like push technology in that way um Mm. so i have full confidence that if i keep my switch it's gonna play every game that's ever gonna come out on the switch and probably none of them are gonna require 4k resolution yeah i i don't think uh I don't think Nintendo is going to take their their big franchise games and say this is a new Switch exclusive. I, I, you know, Nintendo has actually made some interesting changes. Like you look at Skyward Sword HD coming out, you could totally see that as like, oh, that's going to be they could have just released it as like, we'll make the motion controls work on your Switch. Um, but really, they've taken the docked and non docked experiences very serious in that they don't they don't they try not to omit one in favor of the other they always try to kind of keep a balance so i really feel like if they were to introduce a new switch like yes it'll be at a higher price point it will offer you know a a a better experience for those who have invested in 4k uh but uh i would i would kind of rather see them you know you don't want too many switch versions but i would honestly rather see them do something like uh okay you know, we'll we'll fo- focus more on the 4K, the docked experience, and 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 keep the the non-docked experience for. I would even be fine if they kept the same screen size. But like, there's been a lot of talk of how they're going to achieve that that you know that 0.8 or whatever you know that boost to seven inches, and that they they're not going to change the form factor of the switch. They're just going to remove the bezel that is around the, yeah. the current screen, the extra bit of plastic. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> you don't necessarily want to, um, 
change the way the joy cons work and stuff like the switch light yeah. makes sense you could make it smaller because the joy cons aren't detachable but um when you're trying to keep it docked uh as well like it's it's important that they don't change that stuff completely but yeah i i don't know i i would have to wait and see like i, I don't see myself running out and buying one of these to replace my current switch unless there's a big push from nintendo to say like we're going to launch it alongside, you know, Breath of the Wild 2. Like, I would like to play Breath of the Wild 2 with with higher, you know, fidelity graphics and a better frame rate. Like, if this is going to... That's what my, I'm more interested in. This is going to give us enough power to actually make a difference with frame rate. You know, resolution's fine and all, but there are a lot of Switch games that that dip. So uh, I would love to see sort of that... Uh, that them address the frame rate issue with... I mean, Breath of the Wild had some issues with frame rate, so... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they end up doing, but right now this is all rumors. So, um, or not yeah, rumors, reports. Yeah. We'll say. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're rumor adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> slightly more uh, reputable than reputable. I, I feel like reputable. I said that weird. <laughs> Anyways, then uh, then rumors, but still, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's one step before <laughs> announcement. You got rumors. Yes, exactly. You got <laughs> you uh, get rumors, then you get reports, then you get announcements. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the hierarchy. <laughs> yeah, and then there's somewhere in there, like, I think before reports but after rumors is the uh, my uncle works at Nintendo Reddit post. Right, so, right. So at least we're past <laughs> we that point. Have we had those yet? Well, we're past that. Okay. I think we're past that. This is the, this is the supply chain manufacturers. Like, you know what this could be? It literally, like, the funny thing is when you look at nintendo targeting 4k i don't think resolution and 4k has ever been nintendo's issue like they didn't they supported 1080p like hd a generation late they seem to be fine with that they do like what's good for them when it's good for them right exactly um i could really see them doing the seven inch screen the seven inch oled screen i could totally and that and that being 720p totally fits with nintendo's mmo of like you guys have been fine with 720, so we're going to keep it 720, right? Um, unless they felt like they can hit that 4K with whatever new like chips they can get from NVIDIA, I think, um, then maybe I could see them doing it. But um, if this is just a bigger screen, you know, with OLED technology, like I, I would honestly believe that in that this, the new Switch is just a better screen and maybe mm. better battery life. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We will see, because I'm sure we're going to hear about something soon if we're at the point of reports. So uh, we will keep you guys updated on that. Uh, And, you know, what comes after reports is announcements. We've had an announcement about the future of Artifact, which is basically uh, what you've got is what you're going to get. All development on Artifact has ceased and the game has gone completely free. And not just like a little bit free, but basically like everybody gets everything and the market is shut down. Mm. (laughs) Like it just full on everything in Artifact is now free and they are doing zero development on it going forward, which is kind of sad because um, some of the plans that sounded like they had for Artifact 2 was or like, I guess, Artifact 2.0 is, you know, like patch on the existing game with a whole bunch of improvements and stuff was taking a lot of development time and sounded like they were maybe kind of going in the right direction and honestly i didn't think it was a terrible game uh if hearthstone didn't exist i probably would have played a lot of artifact and i wonder if that's just kind of um the same case for everybody it's like oh well if hearthstone didn't exist or if 
Magic Arena didn't exist or if, you know, insert other game here didn't exist, I would play a lot of Artifact. I, I really don't know. It had so much hype going in. I don't really know what happened, but um, man, it fell off fast and never really seemed to recover. But it was an interesting concept. I liked it. I liked the three lane thing. That was kind of neat. So it's it's too bad to see this, but especially coming like right on the heels of some of the announcements we've gotten in the past couple of weeks where it just seems like people are finally starting to cut the cord on some of these uh, games as a service that just uh, weren't performing. Yeah, I, I think it it's tough. Like I think the pandemic has sort of um, made companies look at these sort of rejuvenation projects with a closer eye and that like, you know, we, it's already tough enough to kind of keep a team together and working towards, you know, a, a final product. Um, do we really want to have these resources focused on, you know, a game that, that may never, you know, make back its, its, uh, you know, its development costs. Like I think, I think Artifact as a product um, was one of those that, that came and went. And I think really if they had approached it from the aspect of like, this is the card game that's based on Dota and we are going to, you know, um, support it as we need to going forward. But they kind of, they kind of propped it up as like, oh, this is the card game for Dota. And, and it was a big deal. They kind of, they did prop it up and, and it, and I think it just, it fell further because of that. And I think you look at sort of Gwent, which existed in Witcher 3, but then was spun out as a game. I don't think they really, I don't think they really did, you know, the same thing with Gwent. They kind of, they put it out there, they supported it. And I think it's still going, I wouldn't say like strong, but it's still going. And um, when you look at Artifact, it's, it's interesting that Valve has decided to, you know, uh, to shelve, not shelve it, but to just stop updating it i think it got it definitely got further than anthem did uh in that the new version they've kind of split it out you've got foundry which is the newer version which is essentially uh the arc artifact 2.0 beta and then you have the classic version as well um but yeah i think i could see valve and other companies doing less sort of you know chasing spin-offs like we're gonna do a car game you know i think riot has one now i don't know if that one's still going or going strong but it's uh it's really interesting to see these companies like we're going to do a car game, we're going to do a racer, we're going to do a yeah, a strategy game. It just seems odd. Like I'd rather see you do something new with like a new IP or even going back to an existing IP that hasn't had a lot of love recently like Half-Life or something. Mm. Um not that they want a Half-Life card game, but you know, do something <laughs> with Half-Life. I know they had Half-Life Alex, which was VR, which you know, did okay for what it was, but it's uh it's interesting um but i think this is the right way to do it when you're ceasing development you're you, you you're already out there in a public format like put out what you have if you can and say like here it is we tried um but uh we have to move on to something else now type thing yeah i think this is the right way to do it for sure yeah, same. Uh, so have you been playing much Marvel Avengers or did you fall off of that? I, d I fell off of it uh, pretty hard after I kind of got what I, you know, got the fun out of it from the for, from launch. Right, because you played like the campaign and then got to like the, the grindy part at the end and was just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, thank you. It was just a bunch of like checklists and grinding stuff and um, I wanted to wait for new characters and then I think one launched in December 
and I got really busy and I was like, uh, I'll, I'll come back to this. And then well, they yeah, announced it's December, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was, um, and then they, then they announced that there was going to be another hero coming out. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll wait for that and I'll play it all in one fell swoop. And, and I think, I think it's launching actually next, next week, starting next week, they're going to have, um, they're adding Hawkeye and they're doing the, uh, the PlayStation five and series X versions. So I'm going to, I'm going to revisit it then. But like it's kind of popped back up in the news because, and I don't know, I don't know if this has changed because this feels like one of those news stories that like in a couple days is gonna be like, no, nah, we messed up and we're not gonna do what we said we were gonna do because it was totally tone deaf. Um, is that uh, Marvel's Avengers XP grind is going to get even slower in in the end game? So part of the issues I had with the game is once you finish the campaign, it's like, okay, now get your characters to max level, which is just a bunch of doing the same missions over and over again and you know, grinding reputation and grinding XP and stuff there. They've actually done an announcement saying we're going to make that process slower, which seems like the opposite of what you'd want to do. It's the opposite of what like every single game has ever done. Like normally you have your rate of XP gain, whatever that is, and call it one on launch. And so everyone's gaining XP at a rate of one. And then like the further from launch you get, that's when you start to introduce catch up mechanics and like you in whatever way you implement it, allow players to gain XP at like a rate of like 1.5 or two times or three times, depending on, you know, what your game is and what your systems are. But you never go, okay, you were gaining at a rate of one and now you're going to gain at a rate of 0.5 because then the gap between new players and existing players is huge. And then it's like you start making new content and you can't please both of those groups because your new players are so far behind and your old players are so far ahead. It's like either you put something in the middle of them and then the new players feel like they can't get there and the old players feel like they're already way past it or you put it at the end and then like the new players are like well screw this game table flip i'm out i'm never gonna catch up like it just it's so backwards it's yeah. so backwards <laughs> well, like no one is happy with this <laughs> yeah it, it's just really confusing i mean uh crystal there is an update at the bottom of this post but it's it, it is literally a couple days after they announced it they didn't change their minds they just kind of tried to explain it a little more and i guess the idea is that in the grind so they they literally say in the end game when you're when you're leveling your characters to the to the to max level um, you would often level up two to three times in a single mission, which again, doesn't sound that bad, but you know, one thing that Avengers did really well is that even in the end game, as you're leveling up, you're unlocking new skills for your characters. Some of those skills are, you know, uh, minor, you know, tweaks to existing skills you've had since level one. Others are brand new skills that you're then equipping. Uh, but the idea was in changing the way you'll level up, you you have you will have the time to level up once, review what you've earned, apply it, get used to it before embarking on your next mission and getting more levels and more skills. So basically saying they want to slow it down to a point where if you get a skill, you have the time to review it, apply it, get used to it, and then and then you'll unlock a new skill. Um, which I guess sounds okay but at the end of the day i 
don't want that grinding to last longer. I want it to be right. And they've they've said that with the changes, this is probably going to add three to five hours to reaching level cap, which is like, again, why? No, no one wants this. Like, yeah. I'd rather be like slightly confused and take a mission or two to learn my new skill than have to take hours and hours and hours longer to do a part of the game that already wasn't fun to the point that you bounced right out of the game right like yeah <laughs> that's well, I how got what unfun I... it was yeah it was never like it wasn't your jam like i don't know this just seems it i got crazy. what i needed from the game yeah like i got to play as captain america and they and they made a really sweet you know captain america build and iron man build and all the characters have these really cool builds of skill sets and stuff but at the end of the day um there's diminishing returns after that campaign campaign is done and it's just i don't think making that process longer like again three to five hours doesn't sound long when you talk about you know grinding out like an end game of one of these games and it already sounded long but you know if you love a character if you really love his playing iron man you're gonna take the time to look at the new skills you earned like there's no this isn't like a competitive game like there's no reason like oh I have to pause real quick while we're in the middle of this battle to equip my new skill because that's what's going to be making the difference whether we succeed or not. Like, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to be able to get through this. It's based on your gear level. It's not based on your skill. So you'll have time in between missions to uh, look at your skills. And I'm pretty sure your friends will understand that. You know, randos might not. They might want to you know, push on forward. That was another big issue I had with the game is people just beelined it to the finish line. But... Uh, you know, you can always just find another another party to, to play with at that point. So I, and this just feels like a big communications issue. Like, honestly, they just, they addressed it in the wrong way. They, they tried to make something that they probably should have known would just not go over well uh, with people who, frankly, probably aren't playing the game. Like, again, like most of the people writing this aren't playing the game. They're just reporting the news. And oh, yeah, I'm sitting here dragging them, and I'm like, I've literally never stepped foot into this game. This just sounds like a stupid decision. <laughs> it, it, it's just from a PR standpoint. It's it's not it's not what you want to, you know, it's not the foot you want to put forward in this instance when you've already struggled with the endgame. Like, you're not even addressing the core issues of the endgame and that the, the content isn't there. Like, there are literally three bad guys in a Marvel game. There are three bad guys in the, in, in each movie, you know? And, and these are like, you know, C tier bad guys, like Abomination, Taskmaster, and uh, 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 Modok, you know, and he's not really even a, he's in like one boss battle. The other two just keep showing up. Like, that's the core issue is you need to work on content. You don't need to work on making the end game longer. Keep the end game the way it is until you have more characters, and then you can start tweaking that. Like, it's just, it's not the PR move to make. Like, you know, get Spider-Man in the game, get some more bad guys in the game. They literally haven't added a bad guy since launch. Like, as far as I know, like, we're still fighting AIM, which are the, uh, like, the faceless, you know, uh, scientist people. You know, it's not even, you're not even fighting, you're fighting Abomination and Taskmaster over and over again. Like, I think if the better news would have been, we're adding a new bad guy to the end game, and we're also making the end game last longer so that you, you know pair it with something you can't just yeah. say like it's just really Don't just say yeah we're dragging it out but for no reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah based on player feedback it's like okay 
So I think your current player base of what was the last like news of concurrent players was down to like a thousand on PC. I think they're trolling you. Like, I think you need to probably <laughs> right? like a thousand. I mean, we've seen like Reddit take over the stock market. I'm pretty sure that a thousand people can organize enough to troll the shit out of you. Crystal Dynamics. Yeah, it's really <laughs> unfortunate. I love Crystal Dynamics. I love Square Enix. I love uh you know marvel's avengers but i just really think that there 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 is a way to fix this and it's leaning into your strongest part of the game which is the marvelness of it like you just have to focus on that aspect of it and they've been trying with you know adding characters you have they but they mm, they started it with it by adding two hawkeyes jocelyn two hawkeyes <laughs> of all of the beloved marvel marvel characters you go with hawkeye okay <laughs> it's just it's it's poor timing like i i don't in in you know the whole spider-man debacle exclusive to sony like that didn't start them off like it's just a lot of these weird marketing and pr decisions that are impacting what could very well be a really cool game and uh i really hope that they find their footing but they really need to take the pr and marketing guys and be like okay let's try to figure this out together as opposed to you guys just going out there and saying things that are making us look bad i i yeah <laughs> this is one of those games that could do with a go silent come back when you've got something for us like just focus on the content drops you know i i think that would be a better approach here yep i agree uh did you want to talk at all about bethesda or is that pretty much a yay they belong to xbox now yeah yeah the, they, they there's not much else there not um, much it, else it there. was a very like blandish announcement it's basically just like hey it went through we're done well the <laughs> the core thing that they addressed was essentially that uh a lot of questions about exclusivity of what is now uh bethesda games that are now microsoft games and essentially they they said that um you know xbox consoles pc and game pass will be the best place to experience new bethesda games uh including some titles in the future that will be exclusive to xbox and pc so not necessarily naming specifics like Starfield or Elder Scrolls 6 uh, being exclusive, but they're, in my mind, when you drop $7.5 billion, you lock up the big names. I was going to say, like, I would be very surprised if Elder Scrolls 6 was exclusive, uh, but I would not be surprised if Starfield was exclusive because it's brand new right it doesn't it's not pulling from anything else it doesn't belong to an existing franchise like i would think that they they could probably like again pr wise like air quotes <laughs> get away with making that exclusive and have you know like there's going to be some people that are disappointed but i think um by and large they'd have an easier time selling that than selling the idea of Elder Scrolls 6, which has been across multiple platforms in the past, like the Elder Scrolls franchise has been across multiple platforms in the past. I think they'd have a really hard time PR-wise. Uh, and not to mention, you're going to have a lot of players that therefore are, you know, like PlayStation-only players or whatever that you might miss by not, ex like, extending Elder Scrolls to those platforms. So... I can see Elder Scrolls still being cross-platform, but I would be surprised if Starfield and anything else kind of like new, any new IPs that they come up with, I would expect to be 
um, Xbox or Microsoft uh, exclusives. Yeah, I mean, I would know, I would agree with you. It's it's interesting though. Like, I think when it comes to Elder Scrolls, really Skyrim, which is the biggest Elder Scrolls that I think was ever released, uh, was the only one that came out on PlayStation. The rest were Xbox and PC exclusive. Um, and I think if right, but then like Skyrim has been freaking everything. Skyrim is on everything. It's on my fridge. Everything. My exactly. fridge doesn't even have a screen, <laughs> and it plays Skyrim. But I, it'll play Skyrim. Right. Yeah, voice commands only. <laughs> I don't know. I think you just open the door, open and close it, and depending on the, the screech <laughs> like, that it makes. Talk to the fridge and binary to play yeah. Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it works. And then you know the ice makers, like you, you enter the cold region, and just ice just comes out. Um, no, I, I that is a very good point. Skyrim was on everything they made a point on putting it on everything to the point where they even poked fun that they were putting it on everything so i think but i think that kind of has like set the tone or the expectation for the franchise now and like and eso is also on everything isn't it yeah that would be that would be even a harder push like to basically remove an active mmo from a console from a platform well yeah no they 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 won't they definitely won't do that but i'm saying like they're basically they're like two uh call them most recent call them modern whatever you want to say because like even that like skyrim is 10 years old now right so like obviously oblivion and morrowind are older than that um so call them modern or whatever but like the the most recent single player offering in the Elder Scrolls franchise, as well as the most recent multiplayer offering in the Elder Scrolls franchise, have both been available across everything and not exclusive to PC, not exclusive to Xbox. So I feel like they would have a really hard time, like uh, not even just selling it from a PR perspective, but even from a monetary perspective like that, you would just be like cutting you off your audience and and narrowing down your pool of who's going to buy your game like it just it doesn't seem to make good business sense if you've already made inroads into those markets you have those relationships and you have those player bases you might as well sell them your game Mm -hmm. but you could make the argument of like maybe trying to pull people in with a new ip without taking you know too much blowback but then again like i don't i don't know like i i don't think anyone is going to change from being a playstation gamer to an xbox gamer or starfield i like i don't know i don't know they're in a really weird place for sure because bethesda is so big i I think if they if they were going to be um as some people worried like cut and dry about like hey this is exclusive they would have come out and said like nah man everything that bethesda is making only on xbox and pc i think the key word here is that it's going to be the best place to play bethesda games xbox pc and game pass um it, it makes sense that like they're going to put those platforms first. Uh, well, and... yeah, it'll be built and supported for mm-hmm. Xbox and then it'll be ported to PlayStation, which means like there might be bugs. It might not work quite right. You know, like in the end, because we always see this, like it's built on platform A and then when it's moved to platforms B, C and D, there's always shit that doesn't work the way you think it's supposed to work. <laughs> like, cause it's not built natively on that platform. Yeah. So Xbox will be the one that is, you know, um, you, making use of their tech, making use of all of their stuff first and what they can move to other places. I think they'll move to other places, but you know, that will come with its own challenges and possibly its own delays, like its own like patch issues or whatever, like 
and they're always going to put Xbox first. And mm. so I don't think that I don't think there's a problem with that. Like they own Bethesda now. They got to get something out of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then every uh, every game will launch with exclusive uh, Halo helmet DLC. So you'll be able to put <laughs> obviously yeah. you can put Halo Halo helmets on everything. And then if there's a racing game, you get to drive the Warthog around. I think that's I think it's fair game. So uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds fair. Seven point five billion well spent. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think we're gonna call it a night. If you guys want to join the conversation with Ryan and I in between episodes, you can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is in our Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying with Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone. Here we go.